you must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. In this episode, David, a high school friend of mine who has been curious about my life as a porn actor, will be the one asking the questions. Hey, David. Hey, Robert. How are you? Okay. Thanks for joining me today. It's my pleasure. I'm really kind of honored that you asked me to do this, Robert. So you ready to jump in? I'm ready to jump in. Yeah, I've got a list of questions and see where this takes us, my friend. Okay, um, go for yeah. it. What some people may not realize is, uh, you know, how, how long do we know each other? Or have we known each other since, since the 70s, man? the late 70s. Yeah, I mean, we were uh, in high school together. I guess we have some similar stories from uh, back in high school. I guess our careers took us in different directions. So my first question then is, how did you go from uh, middle class, mom and pop America to this amazing career that you had? How did you uh, end up in your first porn film? Let's see. So I didn't go from high school to porn. You didn't. Um, no. Okay. So after high school, actually, I was still 16 when I graduated. Right. I graduated a year early. I was not ready for college. I really wanted to get out of my house. I didn't like living there. So I just, I started working. I did take some college classes, but I, I really needed to focus on work and just supporting myself. So what kind of work were you doing? I got into a corporate job. I was with a company for about 10 years. I was with a partner. I met him at 18. I left him after 15 years. I left him and the corporate job and moved down to Fort Lauderdale. And that's when the porn started. Right. Because if we just backtrack a little bit, you weren't out in high school. and We didn't do that back then. No. No. no, Nobody was out in the 70s and the 80s in in high school. High school was a, a terrible time for me aside from discovering the drama club in my last year and that's how i know you right yeah i mean when i moved to new jersey and switched high schools my first day at that high school i was in the principal's office getting processed right and at one point the secretary stepped out of the office and some kid came up to me and held a an ice pick to my throat and what? so that was that was my welcome to that high school. So yeah, and to the high school we went to. Yes. What? That was my that was my first day. We had completely different experiences. Uh, yes. I found this school quite welcoming. I kind of had a wonderful time at high school, and and it's crazy too because for for as much as many as many people turned out to be gay nobody was out of the closet. And I'm talking about dozens of people, dozens of students, teachers, people who all turned out to be gay and, and nobody was out at the time. That's crazy. Yeah. What was the what was the draw to Fort Lauderdale? Well, actually, it was 97. I, I had a couple of different jobs, finally found the corporate one. And then in 97, I moved down to Fort Lauderdale. I actually was kind of just tired of the whole corporate thing. Yeah. I decided I was just going to, you know, I wanted to change my whole life. So I got a job working at a gay bed and breakfast down there, a gay guest house, clothing optional. 
And there were days I could work naked. So, you know, my life definitely went in a different direction. I I just wanted to break free. After being in that 15-year relationship, there were a lot of rules and structure in that relationship, and I just needed to break out of that. I I loved working at the guest house. So there you are working at a gay guest house, clothing optional, Mm -hmm. um, building up, you had to be building up some kind of stronger self-esteem if you're walking around with everything hanging out. Yeah. And I'm seriously. And then, and then you end up making your first film in the late nineties. Yeah. And so you've got dozens of films in your repertoire there. Yeah. So the first film, I didn't go looking to work in a porn film. I had a play buddy, a, a dominant, cause I was, mm-hmm. I had gotten into the BDSM scene, which actually started before I left the Northeast and okay. my play buddy he knew that Rush Creek Media was coming to town and they were looking for a submissive bottom to do a scene in their film. And he recommended that I send in my photo and go for it. And they, they hired me. Wow. So what was your immediate reaction when, when he suggested this to you? Yeah, why not? And if it wasn't, they weren't looking for somebody to do a sexual scene I was not sexually confident back then. Actually, not. I'm still not sexually confident, believe it or not. But really, uh, well, we'll, we'll but, talk about that. Yeah, um, but with the SM, uh, the fact that they were looking for somebody for that, I felt like this I can do. So, oh. yeah, okay. I mean, sex not so much. But if you want to, you know, flog me on camera, that's fine. I can do that. Isn't the nature of porn in many ways all about fantasy, all about the story? And so there you are feeling confident, at least in the S&M and the, and the bondage, knowing that you could probably tell a really good fantasy that way. Is, is, is that kind of the draw? No, I just think it was, I just like the idea of, of performing and being in front of the camera. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. You know, I liked being on stage in high school, and this was mm-hmm. just an extension of that. I thought it would be okay. fun. Okay. I don't think it was any more complicated than that it just sounded fun you said that you started in the bondage and the s&m back when you were still up north yeah um how does one get interested and involved in that that? well actually the one girl that i dated briefly in high school and had my one experience with she reminded me just a few years back because we were still in touch that i had tied her up back then really so this goes way back and going back even further i remember being 10 11 years old watching wild wild west and just waiting for robert conrad to get tied up (laughs) and hopefully shirtless so (laughs) so the interest it's been there my whole life Okay, now, did you want to be Robert Conrad, or did you want Robert Conrad to tie you up shirtless? I think that could have gone either way. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Towards the end of my relationship with my first partner, I did uh, experiment outside the relationship, and I was on a couple of business trips and had some experiences with people. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it started 
to develop more. And then after the relationship ended, I got involved with an SM couple and I played with them for about six months before I moved to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And, and you know, there's, there's the tying up aspect. You, you talk about flogging. Uh, for those of us who are the un, uninitiated with that scene, can you just give a little bit of a description as to what, what this entails? Well, BDSM for me, generally it's just about power exchange. Okay. That, that's really what it all boils down to. It's an exchange of power. I give you the power to control me. And, of course, it's all consensual, and nobody can really do anything that you don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. Is there a sense of empowerment by empowering somebody over you? I think people want to be submissive for different reasons. For some people, it's an escape from a life where they have to make too many decisions and they just want, they want out of that for a little while. Mm -hmm. But people have different reasons for, for what they get out of it and why they, why they engage in that kind of play. Okay. Okay. So this is something you were already playing in and then the opportunity comes out to not necessarily perform a very sexual role, but at least to play on camera. And you like being on stage, so this was a great opportunity for you to play. You see, uh, Robert, when, when you asked me to do this and I listened to your podcasts, what, what I love is the title of your podcasts, Sexual Heroes, because it is about the, the fantasy. It's about feeling good. It's about, about doing something consensual with other adults. It's about empowerment. And in many ways, when, when I hear your story and the little bit that we've spoken over, at least over the last couple of years online, that's what a hero is to me. You, you've really become a, a hero to me in that regard. The whole idea of being able to live your true self is heroic to me. Thank well, you for that. I don't necessarily feel like a hero myself, but I'm glad if you find it inspiring. So how do you then transfer from those initial films to making this into a career? Well, and it never was really a career. It was always just a hobby for me. And I think that's why it lasted so long. A lot of people make one porn video and then you never see them again, or Mm -hmm. they they might be in it for a year. But I did it as a hobby and it did span a long period of time. I typically only made films that I thought were going to be fun. The first video, the Brush Creek one, that went very well. So after that, I decided that I enjoyed it and I wanted to try doing more and I wanted to do a sex video and I specifically wanted to work for Zeus because they were well I liked those videos their BDSM videos and the models were were hot and I really wanted to be in one of those and I wasn't fit at the time I was not particularly muscular so I hired a personal trainer and dropped a lot of body fat and got super lean, and lo and behold, I got hired by Zeus to do a video. Two, actually. You, super lean and, and super muscular. I gotta say, you look amazing, man. Well, not so much right now, but at the time I was super lean. And I also did a 
spread in Huncho Magazine, which I was really proud of. That came out good around the same time. But anyway, so I got the gig with Zeus and flew out there to Los Angeles. I worked with Daddy Zeus. That's what the um, owner of the the company, that's what he was called. Right. And named me as his 1999 Zeus Boy of the Year. So I was <laughs> I was thrilled with that. It was fun. But you work with other studios as well, right? Yeah, so I did I did some films with a number of films with Zeus beyond the first two and Daddy Zeus helped me sort of branch out with other studios. And the first time I did sort of a mainstream sex video cuz I I did mostly again uh bondage SM videos with Zeus. The first time I did a sex video was with Falcon and Chichi LaRue was directing. Oh, okay. That was quite an experience. I was cast in this video and I was at that time, you know, I I didn't have a choice over who I was cast with. So I show up and I was in my 30s, which is old for starting a porn career at the time. And I was matched up with some kids who they were of legal age, but barely, mm-hmm. and certainly not my type. So it was a it was a difficult scene to do, and I was hired to be a bottom to this, you know, maybe nineteen or twenty year old kid. And I also was not uh, sexually at the time. Bottoming ass play was not a big part of my sex life. Mm-hmm. So I was not a real confident bottom. And the kid that I was paired with had a huge monster deck. <laughs> okay. Of course. Um, at one point, he was fucking me on the pool table and I was squatting on top of him, riding him. And I was all concerned about being clean. Yeah. And Chi-Chi LaRue screamed from the other room, uh, Robert Black, if good housekeeping gave seals of approval for clean bottoms, you'd get one. Now keep okay. going. <laughs> That's a bit of uh, interesting direction. Yeah. And then we were going on and on, and, and these scenes can take forever, and and – it was really difficult for me. So at one point um, she yelled out, uh, Robert Black, turn that pain into pleasure. Cause I, I was, I'm sure I was grimacing. And in the end, Tristan Paris, who wasn't even the scene, he was a bottom in the movie. He said, I'll step in, I'll step in. And so he went in and he took over for me. Supposed to be you or just like, no, he took over. They kind of like, scripted it so he came in and then he got fucked and I was out of the scene because oh. I just I couldn't take it anymore. Oh gee. Okay. But they is, still paid me. Okay. Is 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 that how it works that they um you get hired for a specific scene to do a specific role? Yes, typically. It's, it's not like how is this integral to the storyline or the plot of the of the film. I mean that's what I always enjoy. I like the storyline. It's that lead up to the sex. Uh, uh, most people would probably not feel that way. <laughs> I know, I know. See, even even in our community, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. So this wasn't your main 
career. This was this is something you were doing as a hobby. You were enjoying it, I, I hope, on the most part. Oh but yeah. I, I've seen you write some things about some people that you work with very positively. You had some some great partners. I mean, this experience uh-huh. in Chichi LaRue's film was doesn't sound like it it ended as well as you had hoped it would. It wasn't a bad experience. It just it just shows, you know, I was not a confident power bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> practice makes perfect. Pra- ab- absolutely. Practice makes perfect. Good. Tell me about the arc then to over the next couple of years, because because not only did you make some films, and it looks like maybe your last film was about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you did a lot of photo work. I've I've seen I've seen your photo work and 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 actually again for, from my perspective, I mean the the you know the hot the hot dick and balls are always a lot of fun to look at, but I'm more interested in the artistic end of the photography and, and you've got some amazing photos. Well, I've gotten a chance to work with some great photographers, for sure. It shows. And and honestly, their work is great, but the subject is is super hot as well. So uh, you you had some very high points there. The, the Gay VN Awards, you were a nominee. And mm-hmm. the Grabby Awards, you won the, a Grabby Award? I did. So could you explain what these awards are and, and how it relates to the industry? And and what did you win for? This is exciting. Well, the, the Gay VN Award that I got nominated for, one of them was for Best Newcomer back in 2000. That was fun. That was a big award show. Bruce Valanche was the host. A oh. uh, huge, hu- uh, huge award show. They don't have. I well, they might have. They might be in a different form nowadays. But the Grabby Award was for a solo scene. So a a Jo video mm-hmm. uh, was called Leather Trade Solos, and I was one of the subjects. There were I think there were maybe five of us. We each had our own. Uh, scene, and I got an award for that. And I, I think it's interesting that over a ten-year career with all the different sex that I had, the one award I get is for masturbation. So, well, practice, practice perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so what what puts one Jo film or scene over others to make it an award-winning scene? I guess I'm good at it. <laughs> And masturbation has come up a lot over the years in a professional sense. I also, uh, well, I did another J.O. video for Raging Stallion. It was a scene where I was getting my tattoo done. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it wasn't the original tattoo work, but it was a, a follow-up session. And they filmed, it was actual footage of the of me getting the tattoo done by Mad Dog in San Francisco. They filmed it. And while he was doing the tattoo work, I was masturbating. Oh, okay. During the actual tattooing. Yes. And let me tell you something. If you can masturbate while you're being tattooed, you like masturbating. (laughs) What about some other really great experiences that you had while making these films? Well, the the great thing is, as, as time went on, I got to often picked the partners that I wanted to work with and got paired with people that were pretty well known. Sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't, but 
With Zeus, I had asked to work with Eric Evans. I was a big fan of his. I thought he was super hot. And we did a couple of films together and it was and he was a lot of fun. That was that was great. I asked Catalina Video to pair me with Ray Harley and He's a great guy. That worked out really well. I asked them to pair me with uh, Steve Parker. It was fun working with him. So yeah, there were there were, and I, you know, I got an opportunity to work with people that I wanted to. Although I got to pick, you know, people I wanted to work with. Um, I do have very diverse taste in right. in men, but my the 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 type of guy that really turns my head is typically more of a bear, and so. I never really got to work with that kind of pairing during my career. It was mostly with, you know, more muscular guys, leaner guys, younger guys. And the types of films that I was doing, they weren't really casting bear types. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get to do it. I, right. I, I never got that kind of pairing. Would you say the, the positive outweighed the not so positive experiences? Oh, the positive far outweighed any negative experiences that I had. I mean, I if I were still in my 30s today and could go back, I would I would do it all over again. And and yeah, what would you do differently? Nothing. It was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel very fortunate. I'm glad that I took the plunge. I don't have any regrets. Of course, you know, I have a real job now, so I know that my work is out there. It could come back to haunt me in some way, but I wouldn't change a thing. What kind of assumptions do you think people make of you? I think people would be surprised to find out that I'm not, I can't, I feel like I can't have normal sex. I can't just get together with someone, no matter how hot I think they are and, and get hard and, roll around the sheets and kiss and suck and fuck and flip fuck. And, and I, I can't do it. I, when I have sex, somebody has got to be in control. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a dominant. There's got to be a submissive sex for me always has to work out like that. I had, uh, there were two boyfriends in my past that gave me some feedback about sex one guy that I was dating in Fort Lauderdale, it was with him that I first topped because I had never topped until him. Mm-hmm. And he confessed to me that he noticed that when he would squirm and try to pull away from me or kind of whimper, that I would get harder <laughs> and more more turned on. And so he would do that purposely just to, <laughs> just to keep me going. And then later on in, in Palm Springs, I was dating a guy but just before my current partner, and he he broke up with me and told me that the sex was too stressful because I always wanted to tie him up when I fucked him. Uh-huh. And, you know, that wasn't his scene. And so, yeah, my my sex always has to incorporate some some drama. Okay. Yeah. So so what then is the difference between the sex that you choose to have as an intimate thing between you and say a partner or someone that you may be seeing, or even just 
someone that you're turned on by as opposed to sex in film or on the pages of a magazine. See, that that's what would surprise people. The sex that I have in videos, it, when it's a business transaction, when I know I don't have, you know, there's no, there's no real emotional connection to the person. I had no problem getting hard in videos and getting off and, and, and that was acting. Okay. And I could do that. Because somebody was in control. You had a director that was in control or maybe a partner that was in control. Exactly. And, and, you know, I had to perform and it was like, it was like, that was my directive. And so I could do it. And I escorted for a little while uh-huh. and, and I had no problems performing as an escort, but you know, if I were, if I'm going to hook up with somebody, it just, it, it can't be like normal sex. That's if there is such a thing as normal, as normal sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. Camming is easy because, you know, again, it's masturbation and I am an award-winning masturbator. <laughs> And I also did a performance at a master betathon, which was an event in San Francisco. It was a yearly event. They haven't done it in a while. It was, it was a fundraiser for, I think the center for sex and culture up there. And anybody could sign up and go and uh, masturbate. They had a room for women, a room for men, and then people bought tickets and they can go in and, and be voyeurs and go in and watch people masturbate. But they also had certain performers to put on a show in in the main room. And they had an audience, you know, a seated audience with clothed people that were coming in off the street who had bought tickets. And I was one of the performers and I was the only male. The rest of them were all females and females putting on a masturbation performance. I would say they have an easier job because they can act their way through it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a man putting on a masturbation performance, you, you need to get it up. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I really wanted to challenge myself and see if I could do this. And so, <laughs> So there I am in a room with a, a fully clothed audience of men and women, and I'm, I strip naked, and I go at it, and my idea was to do this masturbation show, and at the end, I was going to invert myself with the furniture that they had there and the equipment, and I was going to shoot in my own mouth. Okay. And so I went, was working on it and working on it. It was, it was challenging. It, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it's definitely different from doing it home alone <laughs> or on cam when you don't have eyes on you. Uh, but there was, there was a violinist there. <laughs> I know this gets better, right? I just, I still try to get over the whole idea of a masturbator thon. <laughs> <laughs> there was a violinist there and he, started playing and as i got closer and closer he he picked up the pace of the music and it was it was perfect it worked out beautifully i hadn't planned for it but it was just it was impromptu and it worked out great i love it a masturbate a thon 
And there's a huge bait scene. And I actually, I have a, an upcoming podcast about that whole subject, but I'm into the scene and, and I'll be talking about it down the road. I can't wait to hear it. It's, it's exciting. By the end of 2010, more or less, um, the, the video career kind of finished that mm-hmm. with actual video work and you transitioned into a whole new industry, didn't you? So I guess I was in my mid forties and the porn career, I was winding that down and thinking, well, and I had gotten, uh, I had gone to school for a massage certification. And so I did that for a long time uh, while I was doing the porn uh, massage paid the bills. I love doing that. But, you know, come my mid forties, I was worried about being able to physically to keep doing that. And I decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I got a degree. And so I got back in the real world. Anything else that you can think of that people make assumptions about people from the, from, from the industry or make assumptions about, about you in particular? Well, over the years, I know people have assumed that I have done drugs. That's mm-hmm. come up from time to time. The fact is, I think people would be surprised to know that I have never done anything other than some pot. Mm-hmm. No meth, no cocaine, no heroin, uh, nothing over the years. Is that not as per- pervasive in the industry as people might assume? I worked for mostly major mainstream studios, and they would not tolerate drugs on the set. If somebody showed up fucked up, they would send them home. The only time that something was offered to me was one of the few appearances that I made at a club where I was hired to appear as Robert Black and dance or, you know, do kind of a a strip show. At one of those backstage, somebody offered me a bump and I didn't even really know what that was. Mm -hmm. I kind of of knew it was drugs, but, you know… I told him no thanks. So what's what's next for Robert Black? Well, the podcast show is next, um, and I think that's it. I think I think uh, that's the only plan I have right now. That and cam shows, which again, it's not a it's not a job, it's not a career. I just do it because you know it's fun and I want to do it. Unfortunately, I can't say that about my real job. I'm not really passionate about it, mm-hmm. but it, it it pays the bills and it enables me to be Robert Black and do things that are fun. Well, David, thanks for, for playing guest host today. It's my pleasure and my honor to, to do this with you today. For more information about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. You'll find Sexual Heroes on Apple, iTunes, Google, Spotify, and many others. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.